So I think I mentioned this last week. Since the start of, of the church, I've been thinking about this concept of community. Um, so what is community? How do we do community? How can we do community better? Um, I've always been sort of thinking about that. And when I say community, uh, I mean um, the sort of space where people are in relationships with one another uh, that, that matter, uh, relationships that are deep and authentic, relationships um, that involve us uh, in, in relevant ways, so that you're in relationships that matter, that are significant, but there are also challenging ways, your relationships with people that, that push you to grow. That's what I mean when I say community. I care a lot about that. When you're in community, real community, there's, there's nothing better than that. So I'm always thinking about what this is, how can we do it better? Um, of course, to say all that, to say this is what community is and what community should be like, like should be like, uh, I, I don't think it goes without saying at this point, uh, that's harder to do than it's ever been in recent memory. Like, uh, there's divisions, there's separation, uh, tribalism. We have all sorts of different things that make it harder to do community in the ways I just talked about. Um, but I think it can be different. I think it should be different. And so when we think of this idea of the church, I think it's one of the ways in which we can maybe imagine it can be different and should be different, especially when it comes to the church. The church, by definition, is supposed to be community. Right? It's supposed to be what I just described. By definition, the church is supposed to be this group of people who are committed to each other, people who are committed to being with one another and growing with one another. Church is supposed to be this place of relationships where we have committed to figuring out ways and stepping into ways where we overcome our natural tendencies to, to have bias and, and presuppositions about each other, uh, where we begin to sort of understand what it is to say, look, I, I am willing to go in this direction with you and to keep going in this direction with you. Like that's, that's what we're supposed to be, right? That we've realized ways to have relationships that are stable and last even when times are difficult, even when times are tough. That's what we want. Community and, and the church, at least the way the Bible talks about it, is supposed to be a space where a community like that can really happen. So how does that happen? How can the church be the church in this way? I think key to that is going to be what we talked about last week, understanding a relationship with God, but understanding how that relationship with God connects to our relationship with one another. So when we think about those things, relationship with God, relationship with one another, uh, we often think of it as sort of two separate things. So look at those kind of arrows. You think of a relationship with God like a vertical relationship, right? Us and God. And then on the other side, you think of relationship with one another, right? Sort of you and me, and here's our relationship with each other. And so you, you, we often sometimes think about those, those things as like two separate things. So i got to get my relationship with God straight. In some ways you're here on a Sunday morning, which shows that you care at least at some level about this thing called spirituality, about relationship with God. And the idea is you get that straight, that helps you with your relationship with other people. That's not a bad way to think about it. If it's true, it's just more true than you realize. What I want to say is it's all one thing, actually. Your relationship with God is your relationship with other people. Think of that as all one path, one continuous thing. What you experience with God is the basis for how you have experiences with, the other, with, with each other. It's all connected. It's not two separate things. It's all one thing. We're connected to God because by faith in Jesus, faith in God, we, we're in God, right? So one of the things, the phrases we see over and over in the Bible, if you did a, a search on any Bible app or anything like that, put the phrase in Christ Jesus or in Christ Jesus our Lord, you find that all over the place, in Christ Jesus. 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't literally mean that you're in Jesus, right? We're not Ant-Man in the quantum realm, right? We're not, that's not what we're talking about here, right? That we're sort of microscopically in Jesus. Uh, again, remember, the uh, Bible uses a lot of imagery. And so this is just a way, the Bible's way of just saying, look, you are deeply connected to God. <laughs> in Jesus Christ, you are so deeply connected to God that you are, can say you're in God. You're in Jesus. You're in God. That's how deeply connected you are to God, deeply connected to God and to Jesus. So much so that you're in him, in Jesus, in God. Now, because all of us are in God, the thing is, it automatically means we're all in each other's lives. To be connected to God is to be connected to one another. So Ephesians 2, it talks about how in Christ Jesus we've been brought near. But brought near where? You've been brought near to God and because you've been brought near to God, you've been brought near to other people, to each other. It says there in Ephesians 2, this idea of being reconciled to God, reconciled to God, it says in Christ Jesus. So reconciled means like I'm, I'm restored to relationship with God. And because it's in Christ Jesus and other people are experiencing the same thing, you've been reconciled to other people in the same way. So imagine like Jesus, imagine like this room is, is, is where God is, right? The space. And Jesus is like this magnet that's drawing people to God. And so what happens? We're all in this space. Once you get in this space, drawn into God through Jesus, guess what? That means you're with God, right? Because of Jesus. But guess what? You're in the same space with other people. Just the very act of being in the same space with God brings you then in the same space with other people. So when you think about relationship, especially you're trying to think, how do I have better relationships with people? The Bible wants to say it's connected to your relationship with God. Relationship with God is also a relationship with other people. Drawn to God, drawn to others. So let's sort of go, go a step more here. And let me ask this. What is then that thing that draws us, that, that magnetic power, right? That, that thing that attracts us, pulls us to God and to one another. What's the force that draws us to God? And because it draws us to God, it draws us to each other. What is that thing that does that? That unites us to God, unites us to each other. Well, I think that force, that attractive power that brings us all together to God and to one another is love. Is God's love. God's love is what draws us to God and keeps us in God. God's love draws us together and keeps us together as this thing we're talking about, community. It's what makes us have the best and strongest kind of relationship with each other. Let me just look at a couple of passages with you. These passages sort of talk about how much the love of God sort of bonds us to God. So this is Romans chapter 8. Verse 35 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And picks back up that, that, that line of thought in verse 38. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor, nor, angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So what Jesus does is connect us so much to God, we can never fall away from him. Like, the reason we are tied so closely to God is because of his love. Jesus, he's like the gorilla goo of the universe, right? The crazy goo of the universe. 
when it comes to love. Because of Jesus, I want you to understand, nothing, nothing can separate you from God and his love. Nothing can come between you and God because of God's love, specifically the fact that his love was shown towards you in Jesus. It has attached you to God and you are now squarely secure in his love. No barriers, no threats, no circumstances, none of the past problems that you're dealing with, none of the current problems that you're dealing with, none of the future problems that you think are coming, none of those things can keep you away from God if you've been brought to God by the love of God in Jesus. Not even your issues. And some of us, we got some messed up issues. Some of got problems, right? We got situations. We got all sorts of things. Your struggles, your failures, none of those things can keep you from God's love if you believed and trust in Jesus. That's why we can talk about this strong union we have with God because of Jesus. That's how much we're bonded to God. Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3 17 to 19, you see there in the screens. Notice in verse 19, he prays that we would know the love of Christ, right? That's towards that last part there. Know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. But notice back up in in verse 17, the first part of that passage, that comes out of this. Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith and us being rooted and grounded in love. So you get what's going on here? We believe in Jesus by faith and that like, like secures you in his love secures you and roots you in his love so that you can then grow in his love. You can understand better his love. Secured in his love by faith, able to grow in his love by faith. Romans 5, 5 says this, uh, that God's love, it says, has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. So connected to God by his love, and because we're connected to God, his love is poured into us. We're inseparably connected to him. We, we can't be removed from him. We can't be removed from him. We can't be removed from his love. God's love bonds us to God. That's what draws us into the room and keeps us in the room. And because it's doing the same thing, not just to me, but to all people who've come to know God and through Jesus, it bonds us to one another. That same love that is so inseparably connecting you to God is the same love that inseparably connects you to other people. Remember, like I was saying before, it's all one relationship. It's all continuous. God to us and us to one another. And the thread that, that goes through all those arrows, right, us to God, us to each other, that thread is the love of God. And it is a strong thread. It's a strong thread. It's, it, it can't be broken. It's a love that connects us connects us to God, and then because it's filling every part of your life, it's able to draw you to other people. Because we're all together in that love, it leads us now then to talk about how we love each other. We love each other out of the fact that we're secure and rooted in the love of God in Christ Jesus. This is 1 John 4, 7 to 8. So John tells us we should love one another, right? Beloved, let us love one another. Why? Because love comes from God, Right? And love is based on the fact that we've been born of God, right? And we know God. It's like we inherit the ability to love from God. And it's like your, your DNA of love has been rewritten, right? It's been rewired, rejiggered, and now there's this special type of love, God's love in Jesus. And that kind of love is able then to move out into the relationship with other people. A love like any other, anything other. There's no love like this kind of love. And God says he's shown it towards you. And because he's shown it towards you and filled your life with it, 
it becomes part of how you relate to other people and connect with other people. <clears throat> Second Peter 1.4, <clears throat> it says this in Second Peter 1.4, you know it's in the middle there. It says we've become partakers of the divine nature, right? That means we've, we've drawn in of the very nature of God. When you know God through Jesus, you become like God, right? We become, we're able to, to live in the ways that God calls us to live. We have the very nature of God now within us. And then, I don't have it on the screens, but the next couple of verses then talk about the characteristics that come out of being connected to God in this way. And so things like um, virtue and knowledge and godliness. And the last thing in that list is love. Because you have the nature of God in you, you're able to love. But you're able to love like God loves. You're able to love out of God's love. Imagine this. So picture there is, is, is imagine that's, that's an ocean, right? So imagine that God's love is this ever-expanding ocean, and you are right in the center of that ocean. Everywhere around you is the love of God. And you get to just rest in that and sit in that. You're in the very center of it. You're surrounded and swim in the very love of God. And other people there are with you in the very center of that ocean, also surrounded by this love. And so then imagine to have a relationship with those people, you've got to swim with them, basically. You've got to swim in sync with them. How are you going to do that? You're going to swim in the same ocean, right? You're not going to say, well, we've got to find some place to do this. You're going to swim where you're at. And where you're at is God's love. We swim in and out of the love of God. And the love of God in ways that we just described. So, we're going to recap here. The problem here is how do we have real community? A lot of different things that come in the way of having community. Things within us, things from outside of us. How do we have real community? It's going to happen out of our relationship with God. We're connected to God, and being connected to God is one of the best ways to get connected to other people in some of the strongest and best ways possible, in the fullest ways possible, to be connected spiritually, emotionally, relationally, all those different ways. Connected to God, connected to other people, the connection point, the bonding agent, the thread that makes all those connections happen is the love of God. God's love is how we relate to God. God's love is then how we can relate to other people. So here's really the, the, the point I want to get to in all this. Um, we're all connected now in this love. And, and the thing I want to say here is, okay, so then how do we love? What is that love that we need? Because I can say, okay, love other people, right? Roosevelt, love people. Love people with the love of God. But it's right for you to be like, well, what is that? Like, how do I do that, <laughs> right? I just, we throw that word around, but what is that exactly? What should that look like and feel like? There's a couple of different ways we can describe that. A couple of different ways we find in the Bible to describe this love, but specifically God's love in Christ Jesus. But the one that I think is especially interesting to think about, to draw from, is what we, we, I talked about, started talking about last week. It's this particular way, that how might we love in the same way that God has shown love towards us as a groom would to a bride? How might we love with the beloved love of God? The love of God that's shown especially towards us in Jesus. Jesus being God the Son, who came to save us, to sanctify us, and then came to, to marry us, right? And when I say marry, that's the Bible's way of just saying Jesus has come and committed to be with us. And to be with us and care about us with the same passion and intimacy and delight and affection and commitment and power that you find in the very best marriage. That is how 
one particularly important and strong way in which God has loved you, with this beloved love. That is love. God is that love. Within him is that beloved love, and that's been shown towards us in Jesus Christ, and get this, it's in us because we are in Jesus Christ and in God. So that becomes a way to think about loving other people. I'm going to love you. How should I love you? I'm going to love you out of the beloved love of Christ. God's love. I love you as being beloved because God sees us as beloved and he, he's filled your heart, poured into your heart this type of beloved love. So 2 Corinthians 5.14 says this. Um, Paul talks about being controlled by the love of Christ and that enables us to be, it says, ambassadors of reconciliation, ministers of reconciliation. So reconciliation, that's like how, that's, that's the whole thing of relationship, um, especially when relationships get twisted and, and broken up. So we have these relationships, like it's normal for relationships to go through tension and difficulty, right? They shouldn't be upset by that, that's, that's normal. The question is what we do after that happens. And so often, we, I mean, we, we try to fix it, but more and more now we're like, eh, forget that, right? God has entrusted you to be a minister of reconciliation, to have restored relationships be the normal pattern of your life. How is that going to happen? Well, in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14, it tells us it's going to happen as we're controlled by the love of Jesus. You might say that there's, there's no reason to care about these, some of these kind of relationships, right? But we press into them, we, we move into them in those kind of relationships because Jesus' love is grabbed a hold of you and moves you in a particular direction. And it's this Jesus' love that we see the Bible especially describes as the love of a husband for a bride. I mean, that, that makes sense. Marriage is about constantly reconciling, right? It only works if we do that. That same love drives us to be a minister of reconciliation, to do that kind of thing all over. Philippians 1 verse 8 says, Paul talks about how he yearns for the Philippian Christians with the affection of Jesus Christ. I love that, just that phrase, the affection of Christ. It's like a sense of like, I'm not just like, oh, wow, I got to be with you. I'm like, I, I yearn for you in the same way Jesus yearns for you. And he yearns for us in the same way any husband would yearn for his wife, any spouse would yearn for their spouse. So, because God treats me as beloved and loves me as beloved, I treat you and love you as God's beloved. Because God gives me the eyes to see you in a particular way. He gives me his eyes and his spirit. So I look at you, and not just as any person. I, you know, there's a lot of different ways I could look at you, right? And those ways are unimportant, male, female, black, white, Asian, Latino, native, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of ways, educated, uneducated, poor, rich, all sorts of ways I can look at, look at you that matter. But I want to argue, before we look at those things, let's start with how God looks at us. The doorway to those things is to see you as special to God, as beloved to God. I love you because you're beloved to God. Now, again, to be clear here, it's funny, I feel like I always start to throw these caveats. Like, we're not talking about saying I treat you as beloved because like, you're literally, we're literally wed to each other, right, in the church. Right? Not a backdoor way to polygamy. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say another joke, but not appropriate. Uh, <laughs> um, we, the church, are, are technically only wed, spiritually speaking, right, to Jesus. Right? So it's not to say that we, the church, are wed to each other. 
Let's, just, let's say that we are bonded to each other. Bonded to each other because we're bonded to God. And the love that, the thing that bonds us is his love. So what I'm seeing you as is God's beloved. And so because you're beloved to God and I'm bonded to God, I'm like, I, I, I want to treat you the way God will want you to treat me, treat, be treated. And God says, this person that's special to me is like a beloved bride. She's like a beloved bride. That same sense and feeling. And I'm like, well, I, I have God in me. <laughs> I'm going to see you and treat you in the same way. It's in and through that belovedness we become beloved to one another. It's in and out of that belovedness that we love one another. That, I think, is what makes community strong and growing and legit, when we love each other out of this way. And the big thing to say here is that we love each other out of this way because what we're doing is loving out of the love of God that he's put within us. I want to make, make that really clear. There's a way in which we can sort of say, okay, I've got to find, figure out how to like, generate this love within me. But hopefully you, you caught this, right? That, that I'm saying God's love has been poured into us, and that's what we draw from to love each other. Because on our own, on your own strength, and what you, you bring to the table, we don't love very well. We love, but like, we tend to love very quickly in selfish ways, in superficial ways, in passive ways, in hypocritical ways. I mean, you could say, like, there's like this, imagine there's a well of love within you, but over time, it gets more and more polluted by our own sin, by our own selfish desires and motives and all these different things that, that, that don't make it be what it should be. It takes the saving act of God in Jesus Christ to remake us and put something different in us, this new well of love. And that well it's not our love or anyone else's love. It's divine love. It's God's love, the best love around. And it's this love, that especially this beloved love, that fills your heart, and that's what you look to. That's what you draw from. I'm looking for a way to love you, not for myself, but from what God has put in me. That's what I draw from, to love other people around me. And that's what helps us be a community in the ways that we want to be. Here's what John writes in 1 John 4.11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We see that, that term, and we normally think of that term, beloved, um, as a beloved family, right? So, beloved, love one another in the same way God loved us, and so that's that sense of we should love each other like family, right? And that's true. Loving each other like family is, 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 is really good and strong, and that's one of the important ways we should talk about love in the church. Loving each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. I think the point I want to say here is that's not the only way to talk about how we can love each other. And the reason I say that is because that's the only way we can talk about how God has loved us. God has loved us like a father, right? And that's true. And because God has loved us like a father, that's what allows us to love each other as family. But God is super generous. He is super generous. He loves us in all kinds of ways, in every kind of way. So imagine like um, you've been in one of those buffets, those Chinese buffets or, or any of those kind of buffets out there um, that, uh, that have every single type of option. You go into those buffets and people will, um, will pick different things, right, to, to eat from. I love buffets, right? And so people have some of this, some of that. And, but no one picks some of everything, right? <laughs> That'd be a lot, right? Um, you pick different options. Imagine... There's a buffet of, of love options out there in the universe, <laughs> right? Different ways to love. And God walks in, and God, it's not just that he picks some of everything. He picks all of everything. 
every single possible way, good and strong way to love, God says, I pick it. I use it. I love you in every single way that is possible to love you. And so that's when we think about this way, we begin to realize, well, there's a lot of ways for us to talk about and think about his love. And there are lots of ways in which his love fills us. And lots of ways in which we draw from that love. And one of those ways, yes, one of those ways is he loves us as a father. But another way, another of those options that God has picked all of to love us is, as a, is in Jesus. As a groom loves his bride. And because of that, that allows us then to think about loving each other as family, yes. But not just that, to love each other as beloved. As the beloved bride of Christ. Think about often in the first century... If you, another thing you could do if you open your Bible app and just search the word beloved, you find this all over. They're referring to each other as beloved. This, this is like the early church, like right when the church started. It's interesting some of the ways in which they would talk and refer to one another. So 1 John 4.11, uh, you see it right there in that, in that verse. Um, some other examples. The end of Romans, Paul says, great so-and-so, my beloved in the Lord. The end of Romans. First and Second Peter, all over the place. Don't be surprised by trials, my beloved, at one point he says. So when you read that, what's he doing there? there, It's a way in which they're saying we see each other as beloved to God, right? And because of that, that relates to how we relate to each other. Even in the words that we use, we're beloved, and I see you're beloved. I call you beloved because God says you're beloved to him. And that allows me to treat you a certain way. And the thing, the thread I'm pulling is that the sense of that term beloved isn't just beloved family. It's a beloved bride. It's a beloved bride. You're beloved to me. I'm beloved to you because we are all beloved to God in Christ Jesus. So that's true. His love that draws us to himself then draws us to each other and it's a beloved love. That's true. What might we do with this? What do we do with this? Let me suggest three things you should ask of God based on sort of the things that we talked about this morning. Three things I want you to ask God. Number one, um, I want you to ask that God would help you see people in our community, like he sees them, with this particular love in which he sees them, that helps you see them like he sees them, like he sees you. Pray that God would help you see people as beloved. As I said before, you need to see a lot of other things about people, right, to be able to really relate to them. You've got to understand something about their cultural background, the things they care about, their history, all those different things. But the thing that should guide that the thing that helps you sort of see those things and maybe not go in directions that our world will have you go based on what you normally see, based on how someone dressed or look or talks or any number of things, the thing that helps you see those things and not be repulsed by them but actually be drawn towards them, the thing that will help you see them that way is if you see them as God's beloved, as someone God cares about, cares about and has committed himself to. How might you see people in our church, in our community this way? And we just say, the key to that is going to be Jesus, right? And so if, like, Jesus is not in the picture for you, like, it will be impossible for you to see him in this way. You need help to see him this way. And that, that's humbling to recognize that. It requires a, a level of honesty of, like, I, I, yeah, sometimes I'm really good, but other times I'm not, depending on what's going on in my life. I'm tired. I'm stressed. Um, something happened to me in my past. Um, whatever it is, all these different ways in which we don't see and treat each other the way that we should. But Jesus does. And so the call here is to say, do we believe in Jesus? Have we believed in Jesus? 
Do you see Jesus in you? And as you see Jesus in you, pray that God will help you see people the way God wants you to see them, as beloved. So pray that God will help you see people in the way he sees them, as beloved. Number two, ask that God would help you then love people as his beloved in these particular ways. And the reason I think this is interesting to think about is that thinking of people as beloved to God in this way, beloved in that sense of, of, of what we see in a marriage, it opens up ways, it helps you think about love in ways that we don't often think about. New ways of, of, of talking about love that, that really apply when you think about love in the context of marriage. Ways to love each other that I think especially matter for community. As I said, I began by saying, like, I want community to be as strong and as special as possible. So I'm looking for all the options <laughs> to talk about love and think about love and express love. Here's one of the best ones I think we can use. Ask that God would help you love people in this particular way. And so what are some of the ways that, that come out when you think about loving people in this way? I'm going to be talking about this in the next two weeks, but I'm just going to list out some of them now. And here's the thing. Ask God to help you pick one of them, to grow in just one of them in this list that I'm listing here. How much you love with a beloved love that shows delight in other people. When I say delight, that you don't just put up with people, but you actually find joy in others. Maybe that's the one you want to ask. God, help me to have more delight in those I'm connected to, in relationship with in my community. Beloved love speaks to intimacy. Intimacy is a sense of closeness and openness. How might you ask God to bring more closeness and openness in your relationships? Uh, beloved love is presence. You can count on me to be here with you in the same space on a regular basis. That's presence. You know, worship service, you just even say on some type of regular basis, you can count on me to be in the same space with you every week. That's an expression of beloved love. You know that? Just to know the feeling of confidence that most, most times, most often, I can count on the fact that I'm going to get a hug from that person. I'm going to get a hand in the shoulder from that other person. I'm going to have someone remember the thing they knew I was, I was stressed about during the greeting time and they asked me about and I told them. And they're going to tell me about it. And they're going to ask me how it was going. Presence brings that, doesn't it? I mean, presence is true in marriage, right? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going too far here. <laughs> um, but you get it. Maybe that's a good one to ask. How might you show presence in your relationships with others? I'm going to be with you in the same space on a regular basis, face-to-face. Commitment. We are ride or die. <laughs> you can count on me to be in this thing together with you as much as I can. Commitment is an certainly in a way in which we love, and especially matters in the sense of beloved love. Initiative. I move towards you. I don't wait for you to move towards me. I make the phone call. I make the text. I walk across the room to see you and to greet you and to know, know you better. I take the initiative. I don't wait for you. I move. Maybe that's a good thing to ask the Lord to give you. Passion. I'm not passive. I care about this relationship. And I show that I care about it. <laughs> have energy for this thing. Perseverance. I'm going to keep at this. Even when it's difficult. Notice perseverance is not when it's smooth, it's when it's difficult. That's when this beloved love kicks in. That sense of I'm with this when it's difficult. And it may be difficult for a while, but we'll keep at it. I'll keep loving you through this. Keep loving one another and working out what we need to work out. We will persevere together. So, 
Maybe one of these things. Um, one of those things. Just pick one and ask that God would help you to love others in this way, to show that same type of, um, to love each other in this particular way, in this kind of beloved way, just picking one of these things. Last thing I will say here, um, let's ask God um, to help belovedness be more the norm for our world than it is. Um, of course, when we think of beloved community, we think of Dr. King, and we talked about just a sense of a beloved community, the sense of, of people um, caring about each other in these ways. Um, one of the things we should say, and King talked about this, is very much tied into God's love. To know God's love and to love one another out of God's love, the prayer to ask God is how might what's true, hopefully in a church like ours, is true just in general. With that sense in which I see you and care about you with supernatural eyes. With eyes that say you matter. Again, the reason we matter is because God said we matter. Because God said, I'm willing to come into your world. I'm willing for God the Son to be born, to suffer, and die in order to secure a love for you that would last forever. That's a great story. And the prayer is, may that story be more and more just the thing we say to one another and we live with one another. May that story be the thing we say and live with one another all over this world. That's where God, by the way, spoiler alert, that's where God is leading all things. So let's pray that we would be more and more in that direction. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time, for Jesus, and for the chance to be together. Thank you for those who just were faithfully listening now. And, and Lord, I just pray um, just a couple of things would resonate, Lord. Um, the fact that you have drawn us to yourself in love and drawn us to each other in love. And that love, Lord, um, is a beloved love. So, Lord, may that begin to affect and influence the ways we treat each other and care about each other. Lord, help us not to settle. And I speak that for myself, Lord. I, it's easy for me to settle. Um, help me to push back, Lord, the inertia, the apathy. Um, Lord, even in some cases, the fact that like, I don't like certain things. <laughs> Lord, help me, Lord, to recognize that you push through all those things and you've placed that in us. So, Lord, some of us may have to dig pretty deep, Lord, to find that love. We've hidden it in a way. Others of us, Lord, need to, to have you put that love in us in Jesus. Whatever it is, Lord, Lord, help us to realize this is this is there. Loving people like this is there. Help it, Lord, to be drawn out, Lord, and to be applied in all the different ways that we talked about. Um, Lord, not just in maybe one of the things I listed, Lord, but in all those things. Lord, may the difference, Lord, be, be sensed. Be This is one of those things, Lord, the difference of loving each other this way, Lord, you, you, you feel it. <laughs> Lord, you don't just know it, you feel it. So, Lord, help us to feel it, Lord. Help us to feel it not in our in the way we talk to one another, in the way we care about one another, um, may make a difference, Lord, um, in, all, in every single member of our community and beyond. Thank you for this time. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.